0: Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over a 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Welcome to the Mangrove community. Strengthening the community one branch at a time. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org. And we're back for another episode of Mangrove Community Presents Reasonable Doubt. We're here, man. It's a good year. I'm feeling good. New year, 2020, you know, the year of clear vision, clear view. We're going to see everything clearly this year. That's if you open up your minds and your hearts, and your eyes going to let you see everything clearly. That passion that's been burning inside, it's time to act on it this year. It's time to get out and do something about it. It's time to take that first step. And actually, that's why I wanted to come and speak to everyone today about Mangrove community, about taking that first step, because I took that first step, uh, what was it, August of 2017, after Hurricane Harvey, um, that passion, that purpose was burning so deep inside that I didn't know where I was going at the time, but I knew I was going to help. And man, the le- the road that God led me on, I thank God every day for it. I'm blessed for it. Um, I've been put in a position. To be blessed, to bless others. And and it is, it is nothing that can be more rewarding. And it's not about credit with me or anything like that. It's just that I was in this position. I decided to take heed, um, strap up my boots and and make it happen and, and be obedient to the word of God. So that's where it started with me. And I took that first step, man, we're here now. Never would have thought, You know, we're hosting a podcast, anything like that, but that's where we're at now. And I thank God every day for it. And also, you know, um, Mangrove Community started, it started as a concept in my mind. And at the time when I got out after Harvey and got to doing the work, I knew that I wanted to have a nonprofit to help people. Um because we, as I got out doing things in Harvey, getting to know people, the organizations out there, seeing how the organization world works, it also led me to um, the political world, met a lot of politicians, met a lot of people in in representative positions and things like that, and I figured out that if you want to do for your community that all of these pieces go together and they all have to be strong within your community if you want to be able to benefit and make your community better. So <clears throat> that's when Mangrove Community was born. Mangrove Community was born June 9, 2019. Don't get me wrong, it was a lot of groundwork done before that. It was a lot of work that was put in before the name was official on paper. But it always was a concept in my mind. So when I thought about concept, we were deeply rooted, in uh, mangrove community, we were deeply rooted in the community, but I think Trey, uh, APR, I always press record because he put this motto, strengthening the community one branch at a time, and it made so much sense because mangrove community, the whole concept, it was designed behind the tree, the mangrove tree, and Mangrove community's mission is to improve the community by building a strong network among stakeholders that provide resources to various branches of the community. Um, So we're going to talk about the mangrove tree. So prior to Hurricane Harvey, I was blessed to go to Puerto Rico, July 2017. And we went on this excursion. Um, we left San Juan, we went to an area called Loisa, Puerto Rico. And this is where, and actually this story in itself is unique. So Loisa came to be a city. Um, so think about when the slaves came into the Caribbean. There were some slaves that came into the Caribbean by way of the slave owners. It was some slaves that escaped. Then they had to go across this causeway and the land and the, the, the underbrush and things like that, it was thick and they didn't think it was any fruits or food sources or anything on that side of the causeway. So the slave owners was like, you know what, we're not going to risk our lives going after them. They'll die off. We're not going to worry about it. So today, Loisa, Puerto Rico is a place that those, the descendants of those slaves, they own that land now. No one can tell them what to do on their land, what to build on their land or anything like that. They own 100% of that land. Beautiful. Um, So in doing that, I met a guy named Brandon. He has a tour, Coconut Revolution 101. Shout out to Brandon. I love what you got going on in Puerto Rico. If you ever visit San Juan, Puerto Rico, please look up Brandon, Coconut Revolution 101. This guy teaches um, survival on the island, but he also teaches you He takes you to the locals to learn about the locals, how they live day to day. I climbed a um, coconut tree, got a coconut. I um, what else? We learned how to build bonfires on the beach. Um, Even ate ants. (laughs) He was just showing us if you ever in a position where you don't have any food, this was a resource and these these type of ants that growing the, they they live on trees out there. And what they do is they survive off the bark. They eat the bark and some type of way they regurgitate it and they leave like these little trails on the bark. And he was like, yeah, but they're very, they're full of protein. So yeah, I tried it. It tasted like a mouthful of pepper actually. Um, But then he taught us about the mangrove tree. So he started explaining the mangrove tree He started explaining the root system of the mangrove tree, how it grows in water, or I'm sorry, it grows in sand or mud or soil, you could say, that is full of salt. It's deprived of oxygen. So what the root system ended up doing is it grew out of the ground. It has these little air holes where it takes the oxygen in directly from the air. It doesn't pull it from the soil, it takes it in directly from the air. Um, then that root system is so intertwined and connected that in order to remove one mangrove tree, you have to remove all of the mangrove trees. That's how interconnected that, that root system is. Then, another thing that the root system does is that because it's so connected and intertwined, it, it causes all these little pathways for the smaller fish to live and survive. You know, if a big fish is chasing it, it it runs into the roots and it is protected by the roots. So it's like the root system created its own ecosystem, right? So then you think about the trunk of the mangrove tree. This is where the reproduction happens. Whenever a seedling sprouts, it doesn't sprout and fall initially. It stays attached to the trunk until it gains enough nutrients within itself because what's going to happen is it's going to fall off and it's going to float until it finds some type of solid ground so it has to have the nutrients within itself to survive so it stays attached to the trunk for a while until it gains enough nutrients to fall off and venture out on its own and find you know solid ground so <clears throat> As I as, as this guy was explaining this this mangrove tree, it was only one thing I could think about, and that was the community I grew up in. It was Green's Point. I don't know why this tree kept making me think about my community until they finally dawned on me. I was like, it, it, "This is my community. We grow. We we come up in the harshest conditions, you know, but within those harsh conditions." It's the society that has been created in these communities that they like to call them low income or whatever the label you like to put on it, but there's this society, there's this ecosystem, there's this way of survival, this way of life that no matter all the harsh conditions that we face, both inside and outside of our communities, we have an ecosystem. We still survive, we still thrive, we still go out to be the best that we can be. We we make it against all odds. And that's what I thought about when I saw the mangrove tree. So when, you know, got back, started doing the community work and things like that, that that's when I was like, you know what, that's going to be the name of the nonprofit. And that's exactly what we're going to represent in our community. We're going to operate in that same way. So what mangrove did, uh, they took it upon themselves. We, we've taken it upon ourselves to create this network. And me personally, I'm from Greenspoint, Texas. So it actually didn't even start there. Because in Harvey, after Harvey, I was I was um, led to the northeast side of town, Trinity Garden, Cashmere, Fifth Ward, um, East Houston, things like that. And man, that's why I met. I met some beautiful people, man. That. Have a heart for their community, want to help, will go out by any means necessary. And when I say any means necessary, not anything negative, but they're gonna go knock on the CEO door. If I find out the CEO address, I'm going to knock on this door and tell them, "Hey, we need some resources out here. Are you gonna help?" Like that's that's what these guys did, and that's what I learned within this community. And they accepted me. I, I, They accepted me with open arms to this day. It's still people I can go back and they will welcome me in in their homes, you know, food and everything. I'm welcome, and it's a blessing to me. And I thank God every day for it. And what I ended up doing, that's where I I made so many connections, pulled in so many resources, met a guy named Eduardo Luna. He, um, He had a grassroots nonprofit, DAC, dedicated and committed. Um, He actually asked me to be the president of his nonprofit. Man, it's been a while, because I almost forgot that. He asked me to be the president of his nonprofit, and I did. I did that for, I want to say, a year. Yeah. We did that for a year straight, and man, we did a lot. We brought sheetrock to homes with people who didn't know how they were going to rebuild their homes, food supplies, um, food distributions. All type of resources, man. I found myself in places I never thought I would be. We're at churches in Pasadena at one, two o'clock in the morning, game planning on how we're going to do this food distribution, man. It, it opened my eyes to a whole new world. And if you haven't been outside of your community, I encourage you to do so because you'll be surprised at what you see and who you run into and um, what you can learn from other people. So, we talked about the root system, we talked about the trunks. So that's where the branches came in, um, with with the resources that were gathered from the northeast side. And then we were able to bring those resources to Greens Point. And the thing is, when I went to the northeast side, it wasn't like I was going to be a scavenger or a vulture and take from theirs and bring to mine. It was a mutual exchange, right? Because I would bring volunteers out to that side to help and volunteer with those things, and so when I did let everybody know that, hey, I want to take this to Green's Point. we don't we don't have anything like this in Green's Point. Like I, some of this stuff, I see this is annual, this is the fifth annual, twenty-fifth annual. You know, so y'all been doing this. You know, I haven't seen this in the community I'm from and I, and the, that I grew up in. So I want to take the man they said, go ahead, whatever you need, let us know, we got you. And to this day, I still make these phone calls, hey, we doing this, need this, we got you. And we still do things over on the Northeast side. We connected with with Acres Home now, Um, president of the super neighborhood there, we connected with her, Um, and that whole community. So that's, that's another resource that was added to Mangrove, and that's what it's all about, man. We went into these communities, businesses, churches, um, the the politicians in the area, super neighborhoods, things like that. We brought all of these people together, man. To we had a back to school event last year, and we were able to pull in all those resources where we had dental screenings, free haircuts, uh, gave away over a thousand backpacks, um, and I maybe for, did demonstrations to show people what the children are doing in these communities: cheerleading squads, karate squ- um teams, and things like that. Man, it was beautiful and. This past, the end of this year, I was able to revisit a lot of these people in a lot of these places, and they've grown so much, man. And that's exactly what Mangrove was built for, to bring resources to the community. So this was the concept. The root system is the gathering of the resources. The trunk is where the resources are distributed or or distributed to the branches. And then Mangrove has been broken up into five branches. You have um, social programs, which in our social programs where we do food distributions, we have mentoring, tutoring, financial education, entrepreneurship, vocational training, um, urban gardening, and we're steady adding to that list. But we got some things coming in 2020 we're real excited about. So please stay tuned. Because we got a lot coming in twenty twenty, the next branch we wanted to focus on wellness, physical wellness, mental wellness, the wellness of our seniors in our community. How are they doing? Let's check on them and make sure they are right. Diet and nutrition, you know, diabetes, heart attacks, a lot of that is is rampant in our communities, and it's up to us to educate ourselves on how to prevent and be proactive about these diseases that are in our community. Because if if it's a common in a community, that means that we may be uneducated on something. We may be uneducated on how the food we eat affects our body. So we need to educate ourselves. Fitness, that, that plays into it as well. We can't sit on the couch all day. We can't eat. And my wife, <laughs> she liked to refer to it as slave food, the, the um, oxtails and the greens and the, Potatoes and cornbread. We can't eat that every day and sit on the couch and not work out. And you know that's adding to the issues, man. Right? So that's where the wellness comes in. When we have community development, where we're um, we're focusing on fair, affordable housing, we have resources there. We're smoking. Uh, <laughs> we're focusing on developing small businesses, community centers. Um, that's one that's in the works, and that's where the super neighborhood comes in, and being that liaison between the community and the city of Houston to get things like that built. We also were looking to put a um, community garden. We actually partner with a community garden in Fifth Ward right now. Um, So any Saturday, eight o'clock, just email me, we can give you the information. Eight o'clock in the morning, you can get out, you can learn how to garden. Um, and you can take this back to your own home and put a small little garden in the back. So again, back to the wellness and the health and wellness where you're growing your own produce and you know it doesn't have any pesticides or any anything, harmful chem- chemicals on it. So another thing we focus on, man, um, of course, the political aspect, the government aspect of it, um, where we have local elections. Actually, um, we have... We have a special guest that's calling in, and we we just touched on the Super Neighborhoods, and we'll finish going over the branches, but I want to make sure we have time to get to our special guest. We're on the phone with Anjanette Thibodeau. How you doing, Miss Ange? I'm doing
1: well. How are you doing,
0: Carl? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, We were actually just talking about the Super Neighborhoods and how beneficial the super neighborhoods are to the communities. And I know it's a lot of people out there that don't, they don't really know what the super neighborhood is and how beneficial it is to the community and how important it is that we are involved in the super neighborhoods in our community. Now, Ms. Anjanette Thibodeau, she's actually the president of the Acres Home Super Neighborhood. Um, Ms. Ange, can you give us a little insight on the super neighborhoods and and what you've been able to accomplish as president of the super neighborhood in the acres home area.
1: Sure, Carl. And and thank you for having me on the show. Um, Most people uh, do, they are aware that the super neighborhoods do exist, Mm -hmm. but some people think that the super neighborhoods is just another organization like a civic club or so so to speak, but it's so much more. It is the actual landing pad of the community. And the super neighborhood was established as a city ordinance. Okay. And the city ordinance was the city ordinance was put in place because so many communities. The, the city of Houston is huge, by the way. It is right. massive. That's why it is the fourth largest uh, city in the country, and it it's so massive built and comprised of, uh, of a mixture of a of, of bodies with people that they had to develop and break the, the city into different neighborhoods okay. and in, in different quadrants and sections. And once they did that, they established a super neighborhood in each quadrant. So you're going to have Independence Heights, you're going to have Acres Homes, and you're going to have just different super neighborhoods. And so within these super neighborhoods, it is built up of civic clubs and organizations that comprise of your community. So you'll have different sections in your in your neighborhoods that make up the community. Because remember, the people make the neighborhood. Right. The neighborhood makes the community. The community makes the division. And then, then you have your whole subdivisions that make up the city. So it comes into everything. Is, is It falls on the landing pad. Mm-hmm. But just think about just think about Mayor Turner and, and, and Mayor Turner got all of these different communities, neighborhoods and division and, and, and subdivisions coming to him with common common like problems or right. common like issues. And so with what the super neighborhoods do, they are the landing pad for your community, for your subdivision, and for your neighborhood, so and, and for your civic club. And so all of them come to the super neighborhood, and the super neighborhood is then activated. Uh, and they activate themselves because they are now connected to your at-large, um, a city councilman. All of the at-larges are connected to the super neighborhood. Nice. And then you have your district. Super neighborhood. So for Agus Home Super Neighborhood Council, you have District B, mm-hmm. and then all of your at large. Gotcha. And gotcha. the same thing for Greens Point. The same thing for Greens Point. The same same thing for Independence Heights. So everybody has their own their their own city councilman or woman that they roll into as as well as the at large members. And so you
0: take it there, mm-hmm. and
1: that's your landing pad for any community issues that are going on.
0: Gotcha. So just for an example, like. I visited a church, um, St. Paul's Church over here in Greens Point. They told me they were having an issue with street lights and it causing is causing accidents. And then about two or three streets over, you have Davis High School, which is less than 10 years old, and they built the high school on that street with no lights as well. So is that something that the church and, and residents that are concerned about the children walking home in the dark with no street lights? Would they take that to their super neighborhood, and then their super neighborhood, would then take that to the city council to be addressed? Is that what I'm understanding?
1: Absolutely, gotcha. absolutely, and that's the perfect segue because by that segue into understanding your super neighborhood and its and its embodiment of power is that the super neighborhood is also comprised of businesses,
0: okay. churches,
1: and your institutions. Right. So in the event, and that example that you gave, your your institution. As well as the church would definitely go to the super neighborhood meeting. That's why it's always good to know what because they all super to meet one day of the month. Mm-hmm. For example, Acres Home meet the third Thursday of the month, mm-hmm. and then Greenspoint may be you know maybe the third Tuesday or something right, like that. Right. I don't know their schedule <laughs> specifically, but the churches, the businesses in the area, and the like the organizations, they are all rolling into the super neighborhood and they that's the landing pad for the issue about the street lights. Hmm. And you can also get your commissioner, you can also get, you know, uh, your your state rep involved. Anybody that serves in that in that district, mm-hmm. in that capacity. That's the landing pad for the super neighborhood, and the super neighborhood is supposed to take those issues. If it's a state issue, you take it to your state rep. If it's uh, it's a city issue, then you take it to your at-large and your city councilman so that it can get uh, resolved via the mayor. And, and so on, but those are the things. And we even work with tip We even work with the the the, the sheriff department and the right. police department. Yeah. The police departments and the fire departments are trusted partners. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, the uh, most of your super neighborhood meetings, especially uh, the one in Acres home their super neighborhood meeting, the the fire department typically shows up because if there's any special announcement or any mm-hmm. type of update that a beauty needs to be aware of, we then make them aware
0: of. This. Right. Well, that I'm, I'm glad you can explain that and break that down for us. So with, with you being president of Acres Home Super Neighborhood, can you tell us how when you came into it, what was the state of the community and what was the Super Neighborhood able to accomplish um, with, with you being president? Well, you
1: know, the good thing about it is, you know, I love Acres Homes. Acres Homes is comprised of talented, uh, innovative uh, uh, people, businessmen, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, great churches, and everything. So the one thing that we have uh, been able to do is anytime you have a transition or a transfer of of, of authority and, and, and thinking over a new elected body, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a transfer of of power and authority, and so you want to make sure it's a smooth transition. One of the things that we wanted to make sure happens going forward is that in the event that these elected bodies change, that it's a smooth transition, Mm -hmm. and so that the task and the goals that are set up front, not only are they followed, but they're still carried through with the addition of new agendas uh, uh, initiatives and things like that so we wanted to make sure we tap into our seniors we wanted to make sure that our seniors are more engaged mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that we do something with our youth as well because our, our institutions and our education system is very very important we wanted to make sure that we have some structure and a border within the council itself because you can't organize and galvanize people when your internal structure is this, in disarray this as well. Right. So one of the things we did, we came in and we took a look at our, our our bylaws, our governing rules, and we made sure we 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 revised those and updated them to to today's standards, if gotcha. you will. Right. We also wanted to make sure we become a social unit where we're partnering with other organizations in the community. Mm-hmm. So we started partnering with with different services and different other organizations that are doing great things out there. Uh, uh, there's so many organizations, our realtors, our, our, our churches, hmm. our institutions. There is not a meeting that we have that our institutions are not present where they can let us go of any updates, any access. Because remember, the one thing you want to do as an organization You want to be the landing pad for the community, but you also want to give the community any awareness and access to any services and resources that are available because when you give them services and access and uh, make them aware of resources, Mm -hmm. that's the only way you can empower them to change. So we've we've made great strides in, in, in making sure that The communication is clear. The first thing we did was we we reorganized and made sure we had structure. The second thing is always going to have some challenges in communication. Mm -hmm. Communication, getting the word out, knowing what's going on. So we activated the Acres Home Connect, which is a public Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And it started out with with us just activating that group. And it proved we are now one full year and it's inception, and in one year, we are now 2,300 strong, Oh, wow. And it started off with nobody. And there's a lot so of good information now, that comes through there, too. <laughs> absolutely. And we use it as a landing pad to get, to get the awareness out of any businesses, any services, anything. We have our farmer's market that takes place in Acres Home. A uh-huh. lot of people didn't know about that, but... We, we post that out. We get the information out mm-hmm. uh, about that. Glenn does a great job of making sure we are aware of those things. And, and there's so many people that take a part to making sure that the awareness is out there of what's going on in the community. We put our meeting notifications on there. Anything that the city has, we have the city gives uh, the super neighborhood a point of contact, a liaison. Mm-hmm. Their liaison then channels the information to us and say, hey, get this out to the community anything from trash picked up to delay anything from you know access to the the
0: you got it covered from top to bottom huh yes and that's that's a a wonderful thing and i know i know you're a busy woman i know you 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 got some time constraints on you so before we let you go and and believe me thank you so much for for speaking about the super neighborhood and bringing clarity to that and enlightening people who may not know about it like you say there's a lot of people that do and then we have some people that we're still trying to trying to bring into the super neighborhoods and you know see how they can benefit from it and be a benefit to it but um before you go right now I'm excited to announce you're running for state rep 139
1: I am I am running for state rep
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> District
1: 139,
0: <laughs> tippin for Texas. All right, uh, man. You can definitely go to www.tippinofortexas.com. Uh, March 3rd, cast your vote for tippin for Texas. March 3rd, that's the primary. So ju- just give the people a little that's insight. What, what what are you leaning on? What, what changes are you trying to bring to the people absolutely, in the
1: city, absolutely, absolutely. Part, you know, my my model and my platform is bringing for typical for Texas, District One Thirty Nine, bringing forth awareness, mm-hmm. access, and change. Okay. And I always stand firm on those three things because when you bring forth the awareness and allow people to have access to the resources from the state level that's available, mm-hmm. then it allows us to change. Child support reform is a big deal for me. That's something that I want to take a look at and get it revised. Um, Second Chance Program, that's near and dear to my heart because I do believe in second chances and I do believe that bad things happen to good people, but we shouldn't be condemned forever for it, Mm -hmm. especially if we want to rehabilitate ourselves. Um, Another thing I'm looking at is our historical preservation uh, preserving our neighborhoods and communities, uh, affordable housing, not just affordable housing, meaning going out and getting a mortgage, but affordable housing for seniors. That means that our seniors that are on fixed income mm-hmm. and living in rental properties, having caps on the rent because right. if their rent is going up and they're on fixed income, we're at a crossroad where they're not going to be able to afford their rent at, mm-hmm. after a certain period of time. So I want to look at senior housing and make sure that that's placed on the forefront because our seniors are near and dear to me
0: wow that's, that's beautiful because at the same time as we want to see our communities grow and expand we also understand that there are people like you say on a fixed income so we want to make sure we're looking right. out for their best interest as well and that's beautiful
1: right and there are some states that have limits their cap and mm-hmm. rent control so that they are a protected class as they should yeah. they
0: served us now right. they serve us <laughs> right they've done their job now they're supposed to sit back and give us the wisdom Right, they sit back in
1: Cadillac.
0: Right, right. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Um, Is there anything else you want to let us know before you go?
1: Just you know what, if nothing else, you know, I always tell people it doesn't matter who you vote for, make a wise, educated decision Mm -hmm. in your vote, but the most important thing is to get out and execute your right to vote.
0: Definitely. That's
1: the most important.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. We look forward to you. Actually, you know, we're gonna have to have you come sit down and talk with us a little more. We're gonna have to get you live in the flesh when you, if you have a chance. So we look forward to honor. that. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And thank you. you. Thank you, Carl, for everything that
1: Mangrove is doing. We love Mangrove. Uh, everywhere I go, if I'm able to, when I'm able to talk, I talk about the podcast because you have a wide reach. So keep doing what you're doing. Be you. encouraged and know that you know what. To whom much you've
0: given, much is required. That's, that's true. Definitely true. Thank you so much, Anginette Thibodeau, Thibodeau for Texas. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Be blessed. You too. Bye bye. Bye. All right. So there we have it. That was Anginette Thibodeau, Thibodeau for Texas, State Rep 139. Um, man, she was able to give us a lot of insight on the super neighborhood. So, again, as she said, if you're in the Acres Home area, Super Neighborhood, um, that was actually every th- the third Thursday is when they have their Super Neighborhood meeting. So Green's Point, we're in the process of activating our Super Neighborhood. Right now, we do have dates set. Um, the dates that are set are um, Tuesday, the third Tuesday of the month, and it starts at 6 p.m. Um there is a Facebook page, Greater North Houston Super Neighborhood, I believe, um, where you can kind of get the locations. Also, you can email Mangrove at any time for more information. We'll keep you um, posted with the dates and times. We definitely want to see the community. So one thing I would do want to talk about, they're looking to change the name of Greenspoint. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because I think about the ones who got it tatted on their backs and their chests and things like that. Yeah, I might want to show up to this meeting. And um, speak your piece on why we should keep it Greenspoint, you know? I know a lot of people say the name, it has a bad connotation and things like that. Well, let's take Greenspoint and and put a good connotation on it, good spin. Hey, good Greenspoint, GP, good people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we can make it that if we want. But we're going to keep moving forward. So we did talk about the super neighborhoods, which we were on the political branch when... Uh, Anjanette Thibodeau did call in, so that was perfect timing, actually. So with the political branch, what we're trying to do is bring local awareness with your local elections, your local candidates, um, the players who are who are looking to represent you in your community. Um, when you go outside and, and you're, you're tired of the trash out on the street, it's your representatives who are responsible for making sure that the people who are tasked to do those jobs do them and do them well. and um, to come up with the funds, if things are underfunded, it's up to them to strategize and come up with the game plan on how to bring that funding to your community. And it, it takes you speaking up, though, because if you just get if you walk outside and you just get mad, I'm tired of looking at this and walk back in your house, you've done nothing. You've done nothing to benefit your community. But if you go down and you speak with your super neighborhood and tell them I'm fed up, let's go down to the city. Let's go down to the state and tell them that we fed up and we, we tired of looking at this trash. Hey. You can make something happen. When we come together in numbers, you know, we can move. We can make major moves. Um, We also want to bring voter awareness. Um, Voting is very empirical, Um, very, very empirical. We have to look at what happened in the civil rights movement. When you had people that were hoes, had dogs sicked on them. Um, C.T. Vivian, is he always is a reminder to me of why we should vote. This guy stood on the porch of the courthouse or um, where, and just asking the sheriff to give his people their rights, to let them practice their right, and that was their right to vote. And he just kept telling this man, it's our right to vote. It's our right to vote. The sheriff hauled off and knocked that man in his nose just out of pure anger. CTV was no threat, nothing. But the sheriff hauled off and knocked him in his nose just out of pure anger. And C.T. Vivian hopped right back up to his feet, bloody nose and all, and said, you can turn your back on me, but you cannot turn your back on our right to vote. And that's why I vote. I vote for the people who endured what they endured, so we can stand at the polls and vote. And, you know, we got our right to vote. In 1870, with the 15th Amendment, and it was 18, it was 1960s where people were still asking to exercise their right to vote. Now, tell me, it's not something wrong with it? And for the people who did overcome it to where we can vote with no problems, even though they still try to do little technical things to prevent us from voting. But that's what that's why we gotta bring voter awareness, to put it out there, the things that's going on. We need to talk about it. If you were denied at the poll, we need to know why, to make sure it was legal, things like that. Um, also, voter registration, getting people registered to vote. You can't vote unless you're registered. So you must be registered, and then you have to be registered in a certain amount of time before the election comes up. So you wanna make sure you're registered to vote. Um, Voter rights education, again, you letting us know, you let us know what's going on. If you feel like you've been discriminated upon in any type of way at the polls, let us know, and we'll get with our super neighborhoods, our local representatives and things like that, and make sure that these issues are addressed. Um, The last, last but not least on the list of the five branches of mangrove community is service. Service, service, service. Now, for those, I don't know where you, you know, my belief system is in God. And I believe he did send his son down to die for our sins. And we were put here to serve. Uh, There was a verse I I read in Genesis. And it was speaking about how the seeds for uh, the plants, they were in the ground, the seeds for the earth, the her- herbs, they were in the ground, but they hadn't grown yet. Just the seeds were there. And it was two reasons why the seeds hadn't sprouted. One was God hadn't made it rain yet. The second was there was no man to till the ground. So with that being said, that, That verse right there tells you what our initial purpose was when we were put here on this earth, and that's to serve. So with serving, we do community cleanups, we do food distributions, um, senior wellness checks. That's something um, we're really passionate about and we want to get more into in this 2020 year is making sure our seniors are taken care of. Um, We have several volunteer opportunities. Again, we have community gardens, the community cleanups. We're looking to go sit with um, seniors. Um, We're also looking, if any, maybe businesses or you have a home where you you have little renovation projects and things like that. We have people who are knowledgeable. And then we have the volunteers who are um, open and receptive to the teachings that the knowledge that the person will give to them. So, we would love to come and help you with whatever you have going on. Now, um, something I never I didn't foresee at all that came out of Mangrove Community was the Mangrove Represents Reasonable Without podcast. Um, this podcast is to inform the community on what's going on on a political level, on a local level. Again, anything you have going on in your community, any events coming up, please reach out to us. And we'll love to have you on the show we'll love to speak about what you have going on and we'll love to be in attendance at your event and and let the community know about it so please reach out to us and let us know what you have going on man we won't we won't you know i, I don't to me everybody's the same but when you decide to put yourself in a political spot or position then it's kind of like you're you're separating yourself from the crowd almost to put yourself in a position to represent us. But I also want to talk to, hey, the people that's in the community every single day that wake up in the community and go to sleep in the community. I want to speak with y'all and see what y'all got going on. Um again, we we deal with the local elections and things like that. We bring exposure to the candidates. We bring them to your home, to where you're at, at work, you know, wherever you're at on your phone. A lot of people like to be on the phone in the bathroom. So hey, wherever you're at. We got, we got you covered, man. We're bringing it to you. Um, we let you know who our community leaders are. We're bringing them on and speaking with them about things that they have going on, their, their movements and, and things like that, um, community issues and, of course, community solutions. Uh, we don't want to talk about the problems without a solution. I'm one of those people. Don't come to me with a problem if you don't have at least one minute thought on the solution. Uh, then we, you know, we had a few things going on in Mangrove. Uh, we did the back to school event. Uh, we did have Tony Busby. He came on. He gave out a five hundred dollars scholarship. We're appreciative for that. Uh, we did. We did some things with the children in entrepreneurship programs and getting them out and acclimated and accustomed to getting out, coming up with an idea and profiting off of your idea. Um, and it was beautiful, man. We. We actually, um, we raised funds for uh, some veteran families with the lemonade stand and these smiling faces. Um, that was nice, man. Then we we wanted to teach the children vocational training. And, uh, right here, you see we were teaching children how to change oil on the car, and we actually had a male and a female out there that would teach them. So we can show that, hey, this can be done by anybody. We all got to take care of our cars. We would teach them how to change the tire and how to change the oil. Um, mentoring. This young man, I didn't have a chance to mentor him coming up, but I met him and, and was able to present him with the scholarship as he was going out to, uh, well, Mangrove did, I should say. We were able to present him with the scholarship as he was going off to college. So then, you know, I, I follow him on Instagram and all that, and we keep up. We talk. I've been to college, so I'm, I was able to I'm able to come and be their mentor in his life to teach him about college and let him know about the ins and outs and what to look out for, so we stay in touch, man, and when I see stuff like this, <laughs> Eastern Conference player little East Conference player of the week on a roll, you know what I'm saying we we're handling on the court and off the court, and that's what we want our young men to do in our society so. Big shout out to him, man. Again, the community cleanups that we did, this is the Urban Garden in Fifth Ward. Definitely want to get more people out with that, food distributions. Again, we talked about the podcast. Um, we did a toy drive, Doing uh, doing Good in the Hood, which was actually put on by Greenhouse International Church. Beautiful thing. Um, we were able to you know donate some toys to that. Uh, what was it, last year they gave away over, they gave gifts over, away to over 200 children. Um I had to actually get with Pastor to see what that number was this year but it was a great turnout this year as well and it was a beautiful thing. Um you know things we're looking to do in 2020 you know we want to get into the schools and set up male and female panel discussions um we're looking to set up this night of influence which we're going to talk about more um, fed up. It's a fam- family entrepreneur development for underprivileged program that we're working on, and we're looking to launch this year. Um, again, urban garden. We want to bring one to our community. We all, we have the volunteer, and where we're picking up the knowledge, and we want to bring that over to our community because a lot of our communities are food deserts. Which a food desert is if you have to. Uh, I think it's. I forget the miles. But if you have to go so far outside of your home or your community, then it's considered a food desert, which majority of um, neighborhoods on the northeast side, Greens Point, Eggers Home, a lot of those are food deserts. So that's why you hear about the farmer's markets and things like that, so people can still have access to fresh produce. Um, And then these are some of the partners that we had. Uh, We thank everybody who played a part of Mangrove. We, we thank you so much, man. We couldn't have done it without you. And and that's sincere, that's from the heart. Um, uh, So 2020, mangrove community is looking to make major moves. Um, one of the things we're looking to do, I've always had this concept um, of the, the power of the dollar and what one dollar can do if people bring that one dollar together collectively what your $1 can do with my dollar and his dollar and her dollar, and we put them dollars together and see what we can do. So we're looking to put together, we're putting together a resource guide now that will be coming to you shortly um, for the small fee of a dollar per month. You can have access to this resource guide with job resources, housing resources, resources on cars, community resources. Even if you're just trying to look for a place to go out and have fun, you know, good place to go eat. We'll have all those resources available, and there'll be local resources, resources right in your community, some you may not even know about. Um, again, if you're looking for a barber, beauticians, trainers, um, self-defense classes, anything like that, we're going to have all these resources in one place for you, and they will be updated every month. Um, with the job resources, we're going to make sure we reach out to the jobs ourselves and speak with them and let them know who Mangrove is and w- the role that we're playing in this. So. Man, we're we're going to set our community up for greatness. Um, Again, another thing, we talked about voting a lot. It's another thing that we're launching here in 2020. The I Vote campaign. Mangrove community, strengthening the community one branch at a time. So what the I Vote campaign is, we talk about how... Imperative it is for us to vote, and we have to make sure that everyone who wants to vote can vote. So, what this I Vote campaign is, we're selling these shirts again, and it's to raise funds to make sure that when election time comes up, we can mobilize all voters. Everyone who wants to make it out to the polls, they're not going to have any excuse if it's an early election week. Those vans, they're going to be running all week. Election day is gonna be running all day and we're trying to get as many vans as we can and and strategically position them throughout the communities in Houston so that we can vote. This year we have the primaries for the state. So the end of 2020, we voted for our local officials, right? Um, City council, school boards, uh, mayor, all local, right? So this year we move into voting for state representatives, and we've been voting on the national level this year. We're voting for a president as well, Congress, Senate, and things like that. They're all up for election this year. So it's up to us not to only vote, but we, we need to start being informed about who we vote for. We really need to do our research on these people and don't read the articles that they've put out since they decided that they're running for office. Let's go back. Go back five years. Go back 10 years. If they were in politics, let's see what type of laws they pass, what type of bills they pass, see which ones they're against. That's the type of research we need to be doing. If you see what type of laws a person is passing, you can tell what they're about and what they line up with. You can also tell that with, with, with paying attention to what they're vetoing and what they're voting against. If they're voting against something that you for, you're for, then that that representative may not be for you. They may not be the best person to vote for. So that's what this I Vote campaign is about, and that's what we're looking to do. So I Vote, um, you can actually, again, go on to the www.mangrove.mangrovecommunity.org www.mangrovecommunity.org. www.mangrovecommunity.org. And we'll have everything there. we'll have where you can purchase the shirts, um, read more about the campaign and things like that. We're trying to make this national because, again, this is a year of a national election. We don't even know if we're about to enter into World War Three with the issues that our president are putting us in right now. And his family isn't going to war. There's going to be your family and my family that's going to be out there going to war. So. And then. For what though we don't know what this is over, and believe me i'm a I'm American, but at the end of the day, is there anything that our country is doing in these other countries that we don't know about? like I, I'm just be real with you because it's been times in my life where I've been wrong, so it can be a time where my country can be wrong and I don't want to blindly go into war because people want to have a, a a pissing match, you know. No, that's not who I want to represent, me or my people. Um, So again, we have to be smart about who we vote for. And honestly, again, another opinion of mine, and I'm gonna put it out there because it needs to set in. Republican, Democrat, (laughs) I seen bad on both sides. I seen good on both sides. So at the end of the day, who cares about a Republican or a Democrat? I want a person that's going to represent me and my community and what we care about, what we're passionate about, not what you see that you can benefit off of in our community. We want a person that's really going to sit back and listen to us and come up with a game plan with us, come sit at our table with us and really figure out what we want and how we can implement that into our communities. Um, Again, we touched on the super neighborhood and... I wanna close on this. It's a very, very um, resourceful event coming to Houston. February 27th through May 2nd. And it's gonna be at Greenhouse International Church. Thank God for Greenhouse International Church and Pastor Deckard and, and everything that God is doing with Pastor Deckard and his church and what the church has been to the community ever since it's established itself here in Greenspoint. I thank God for it, man. There has been so much that's been done and and continues to be done. 2020 is going to get bigger and better. You know, again, it's it's pulling together the people in the community to make things happen, man. So February 27th through May 2nd, we're having the Achieve the Dream event. What is that? NACA. NACA, Neighborhood Association. Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, what they do is they provide housing for low income to moderate income families, no down payment, no closing costs, no fees, no PMI. You can avoid all of this. We're not looking at your credit score. We're looking at your pay history. So we are going to look at your credit, but we're not looking at your credit score. Your credit score can't disqualify you from getting a home loan. So at this event, and this, and, and then it's character-based lending. So you're getting qualified for a mortgage, a home loan, through Bank of America. Right now, NACA has $15 billion back in it. That's how they're able to take care of your down payment for you, your closing costs for you, your PMI, your fees. All of that is taken care of for you through the lenders. And then what NACA does is they put you through a process to... Make sure that they're putting you in a home that's affordable. NACA stemmed, this purchase program from NACA stemmed out of the crisis, the housing crisis of 2008. For you that don't know what happened with the housing crisis and how that came about, what happened was the lenders, if they saw that your credit score was good, they saw that you had the money in the bank, they were giving you the home. That's not how... That should work because this this is what people do when they decide they want to get a home. Oh, I'm about to get a home. Let me hurry up and get me a credit repair person, get my credit right. You might wait on income tax. You might have a nice income tax come back. And then you may save a little bit of money. You may put 5000 with it, 6000 with it. And then you go sit in front of these lenders. They check your credit score. That's good. And then they check to see that you have the money in the bank. Oh, you have the money in the bank? Yep. You can, you, you can get in the home. But... As soon as you're getting that home, three months in, your water heater breaks. You don't know about saving to make sure that you can pay for this water heater if it breaks. So now you're behind on your mortgage. Or you really didn't make enough to afford this home. We just looked at you had the money in the bank and you had the credit score. But as far as your spending habits and things like that, you spend more than than you save to the point you can't afford a mortgage and what it takes to maintain a home. But lenders was just giving these loans out freely. So eventually it caught up with everybody and we had the market crash. So NACA, um, like they, they've do, been doing for the last 25 to 30 years, fighting predatory lending, um, they came up with this purchase program where, you know, the, the battles that they fought and won with these lenders, they got money that backed them, take care of your down payment, closing costs. Now they're looking at character base. Um, if you come in in a bad spot, the counselors are there to position you to get where you need to be. Some will come in ready. So what, what's going to be at this dream event, achieve the dream event, you'll be able to come in, you'll attend a home buyer's workshop, which is the first step. After you attend a homebuyer's workshop, there'll be mortgage counselors on site that will Look at all of your documents, all the information that are required you know, in, in the home buying process, and they'll review it all. If you're up to par, your next step will be an underwriter. They're going to be on site. You can go see the underwriter the same day. If everything checks out, everything is in order, you get qualified for your home loan that same day. Within one day, you can do everything from start to finish and be qualified for a home loan. Now. You may not be ready for it, but you may still want to come to this event to see where you stand and what you need to do to get ready. Because this is how I look at it. If you have to pay a down payment, that's gonna be um, three to 4% of the amount of the loan. And that's a conventional loan. If it's an FHA loan, it's 3.5%. On average with the homes in Houston, between 200, 250,000